0: If you're an under quota, you're going to get into a lot of trouble. Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have got the problem. Watch your goal for the next six months? Today we're speaking with the President of the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales, John Cunningham, about the new auction laws. Let's go and have a chat. Hey everyone, Tom Panos, super excited. It's 2016 and it's gonna be a great year. It's also a year that the laws in New South Wales for auctions have changed, and we're so fortunate to have one of the best in the business, he's also the president of the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales, John Cunningham here today. Hey Johnny. Hey Tommy,
1: thanks mate. How you going? Very, very well.
0: Hey, how lucky are we? We've got the person that was involved in supporting the real estate industry when they were in consultation with the government. We've got someone that's, how long have you been auctioning real estate? oh gosh uh 30 years 30 years yeah. okay um all the new south wales agents we're fortunate right now because what i want to do is um, the laws have changed so when did the laws change first of january it's happened okay so it's happened so what you're saying is right now in this current environment you have to be working within these new laws
1: absolutely 100 percent.
0: okay firstly i want to know
1: has a lot changed john Look, fundamentally, no. The previous laws were a little bit wishy-washy, as probably everyone's aware. It wasn't specific enough. And as agents, we'd like to live in the black and white world, and I think there was too much grey area. I think these new laws have certainly extended that. You know, is it what we wanted? Is it what we we need as an industry? Probably not, but it's what we've got. And I think from that perspective, we've got to now work with those changes effectively.
0: Okay. Um, Can I ask you, what is the most significant part of the new laws. I'd like to drill down and firstly work out what it is and what it's not, because there's a lot of real estate agents that don't
1: know what the change is. Look, I found that out through the road shows we we're doing at the Institute for the through December, um, a lot of confusion. And I think you can sus- succinctly sum it up in a few little areas. First of all, keeping of records. That's the number one thing in my view. Agents are now, under the act, required to keep a record of every conversation they have with a prospective buyer where they have mentioned a price quotation. Whether that be at an open home, whether that be on the phone in the car, whether it be by email, whatever it may be. Now, the the challenge for agencies is to say, okay, how am I gonna do that? And I think there are certainly ways of. Of achieving that in an effective manner second one is the the price range John
0: and we're going to drill into how to apply it into your business Absolutely, that sounds to me listening to that that sounds like in a typical campaign you could have you know hundreds of conversations with people Um, do you think um, we can work within those laws
1: I think we can certainly work within within those laws and I think we can actually turn it into a positive so many principals i talk to that one of their biggest issues is agents keeping good records right. keeping good file notes keeping their crms up to date this is an opportunity to actually have that happen um it's funny that we had to be legislated to do that but imagine that opportunity all those that feel the diamonds out there that people just let disappear on a phone call in the car or a phone call they're not recording yeah. well now they're actually obliged to record that information so okay. it's like opportunities falling down cracks every opportunity is there for okay you. so Keeping records. Next change in the laws. Next change: the ten percent rule. So, what, so what's the ten percent rule? Ten percent rule is that when you provide a price estimate to a seller um, in your MA or in your agency agreement, it can be no more than ten percent above the lowest level of your estimate of selling price. You're not obliged to use the ten percent range, but you—it is an option. You can do a fixed number. You can do five percent. You can do whatever you want, but it can't be more than ten percent. So, um,
0: if you've got, you, you can put on an agency agreement, for instance. One million to one point one. Correct. And what are you saying? It's got to be a ten percent from the lowest number. Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: So if you do say a one point five, you can do one point six five. You can't do a one point six six. Right. You know that's that's a good example. So people have to understand their maths. It's ten percent. Okay. Above the lowest. Um,
0: And is that the figure you quote or is that the estimated selling price? What, what, what's that?
1: That's classed as the estimated selling price. And right. under the legislation, when you quote a price to a prospective buyer, you cannot quote less than the lowest estimate of your selling price. That's a really important thing. Having said that, There's also a provision in the Act that says you can no longer use terms such as offers over or offers from or plus symbols or anything of that nature. So there's a terminology shift as well, but fortunately they've told us what we can't do and they're now telling us what we can do in the new guidelines. Okay, so uh, Cunningham
0: is a a great agency in um, the northern beaches of uh, Sydney Um, and one of the things that uh, what you're saying is that when you'll be speaking um, to buyers is you'll be using um, a range?
1: Yep, we'll be using a range. Um, yep. We've made a decision in our business that um, when we quote price, say, an advertisement or on yep. the web, uh, we will just have guide and it'll be that, that number. Right. Um, say, let's say the million yep. number, the lowest estimate of our selling price yep. or anywhere in between that 10%. But we'll be just using a single, single oh, number. So, so John, so I'm clear,
0: if you've got on on your agent estimate selling price, one million mm. to one point one, can you quote any figure between that number Correct. to a buyer? Correct. So you could say a million and ten. Correct. Right. So you can um, um, quote either the range that is on the agency agreement, or you can quote any number within that range. Correct. Okay. Um, What is is needed for you to arrive at accurately giving an estimated selling price?
1: Great question, Tom, because that's one of the, the key shifts as well. Now, under the previous legislation, you actually were obliged to provide that evidence. I think this legislation has tidied that up a little bit more in terms of what you need. There are checklists that OFT provide and the Institute provide that you can just follow quite simple what are all the the um, areas of concern that you put into play to determine that so what comparable sales uh, market conditions um, zoning uh, economic conditions around you uh, whatever it may be that you as a professional agent have deemed necessary to arrive at that number now I know we're not valuers I'm a valuer but most agents aren't valuers they're not trained in valuation but the minister is determined that he considers that we are professional He wants us to become a profession. And this is probably the first start in that process of saying, okay, we're gonna be seen as professional and trusted advisors. Are we putting in the necessary legwork up front to determine those things? Are we putting in what's required to back our estimate? In other words, we own that estimate. That's our estimate. Your estimate might be different to mine, Tom. I'm the listing agent, and I own that estimate, and I follow that through. If I need to change it, I can do that as well. And this new legislation has made that much tidier as well in terms of how we need to change it. Okay, so
0: typically you'd have a file, and in that file you'll have uh, things that support what you've come up with that agent estimate. Um, selling figure yep. um, some of the things that you'd have would be what RP data comparables
1: yes so you, there's no limit to the number of comparables that you do yeah. but you know, as a standard practice you have at least two below two in the middle, two above in terms yeah. of where you think it might be um you could have an example of a, of a home that you considered to be worth $2 million, but right next door there's been a sale of $1 million. Now the reason that was a $1 million sale is it was land value only, yeah. and you're sitting on your listing with a, with a million dollars worth of land and a million dollars worth of improvements. Now that's a comparable sale in anyone's right. guess. It helps people determine where things are. So that, that would sort of show that the evidence that you use to determine that is not necessarily restricted to that 10% right you know, that that's the reality of the situation but the estimate that you provide the seller yeah must be the same as the estimate you provide the prospective buyers
0: okay so that's very clear john what you're saying is whatever number you got on the agency agreement you will quote to the buyers and gone are you no longer can say uh things like one million plus correct bidding from a million offers over a million are they clear
1: about that? They sort of are clear about that, and it's important, that, that particular terminology. So terminology that, that can, that's come out in the guidelines is you can do bidding guide, you can do auction guide, price guide, guide, price estimate as an example. They're just examples of the type of things that you can actually use. So I, I used to use bidding guide for years. I thought it was a great terminology to use. Um, and you know, in our business, we've, we've made a decision to use just guide, yeah and um, auction guide. so they'll be the two words that we will use to determine and for for our private treaty sales at a fixed price we're just having for sale and the and the number, and the number. so I just wanted to simplify it as much as possible so, so what's so the
0: difference between guide and auction guide you see
1: just I think the auction is, identifies it as being an auction property right and again everyone's going to take a different view on that but I think the the important thing is that the consumer will get to understand those parameters in what they are Uh, Some people are saying well I'm actually going to use estimated selling price which is what's on my agency agreement. That's fine as well. Uh, It's just to not mislead or to bait advertise which is the main reason this has come around because bait advertising and all that uh, misleading deceptive conduct is covered out in the Australian Consumer Law. So right. this underquoting law, that's a New South Wales law, is underpinned by the Australian Consumer Law. And a mod- probably a lot of agents don't really know about that. Right. Um, that's the bit that really you've got to watch out for, because right. that's the, the Act that talks about consideration being given to what the owner hopes to achieve for a property. So you can't be misguiding people on that. Um, and so you've got to marry the two laws together. OK, so I'm a
0: little bit confused now, because if you've got... You know typically a situation where you've got uh, John, someone let's assume you think one to 1.1, that's your agent estimate selling price. You get all the uh, comparables to, below, two above, economic conditions that you talk about. you make some file notes and say, um, this is what's happening in the market, this is the zoning. Um, but the owner wants is hoping to get 1.2. How does an agent handle that situation
1: because it's a good question it's probably the area that has got the most gray around it because you've got two pieces of legislation working in in tandem uh, and I'm not going to get into the legal aspects of that that's yeah. that's a minefield uh, but the reality is the practical application of yeah it. we have our estimated selling price which is covered under our under quoting laws yeah uh, we've got in what New in, South Wales. in New South Wales yeah what we've got in terms of the um, owners estimate which is a fluid thing, as you know, it changes from day to day, yeah. hour to hour. Yeah. Um, that is something that more comes down to when you're actually in negotiation phase. Yeah. Know? Particularly if you're if you're misleading a, p- a prospective buyer and what the owner is hoping to achieve. Yeah. Um, or a price that they've counted at or a, or a price that's already been offered. That's the transparency. So that's, that's usually
0: that's usually will progress. That's it's too- will progress. Right. Yeah. That's well progressed. So what you're saying is. Um, that that piece of legislation not necessarily is as relevant towards at the time of the listing.
1: You, I would hope not. Right. But I'm not going to comment on yeah. on on that law. Yeah. Uh, because it's. Um it's an area where, you know, at the end of the day, most action gets taken under the state laws. Yeah. Um, any actions under the Australian Consumer Law takes in consideration the, the state law yeah. and, and does that cover it off sufficiently. Um, but it's just something that, that need people need to be aware of anyway. There is this piece of legislation that I think a lot of people are not aware of. Okay. And it applies to all of Australia.
0: Okay. The most... Um What is the significance of the 10 percent range and what happens if like so so john here's here's the deal the the deal is that sometimes you only find out information after you've got evidence and evidence is when you take people through correct
1: that's a really important point because that's where you start to talk about changing your estimated selling price are you allowed to completely as the agent professional agent deemed to be what we are um, we have the skills to identify that so yes, we can identify where we think it is at the beginning before we've had that market feedback. And you yeah. know as well as I do that the market feedback's the most critical component. Correct. So that market feedback can be, yep, we're spot on. We're actually a bit above where we need to be. Yeah. Or we're actually below where we need to be. Under the Act, if you have that information, right, and it just it, it puts the onus on you, the agent, to act professionally, to say, okay, I have enough feedback from the marketplace. I have enough, I might have some offers, yeah. Um, and I might have some sales that have occurred in yeah. the meantime that, that have changed my thinking, whether it be a, a below or above, yeah. you are deemed under the act necessary to change that estimated selling price.
0: Okay. So, well, that's that's a good thing because I think that's giving you flexibility to work with a fluid market.
1: Correct. Absolutely. And I think... To my mind, I think that's one of the best parts of the new legislation.
0: Okay. What evidence do you need to support, John, when you do vary your estimate? Um, is it's it? It's pretty
1: much the same as what it started with, you right. know, in terms of, you know, what is it that drives you that decision? Now, the important thing, for particularly because this is under quoting law, yeah. if you change that, lower that estimate, you really want to make sure you've got good records, right. you've got good evidence, there will be a prescribed form with uh, forms live at for the institute form, right. uh, that all you would do is fill that out and send it to the owner with the evidence attached to it, that gets attached in, in into the, the filing system, the electronic filing system, and so your records are kept. And This is a, another important thing, this enables everyone to keep really good records yeah. of what, what's required. Now the owner um, has nothing to do with your price estimate. right? You have to make that determination based on the information you have in front of you, you notify the owner that that's happened, and that's your new price estimate. So, The difference where it comes into play with the owner actually saying okay how do I get involved in this This is my property obviously the owner must approve any published price right so if you are going to quote price yeah and bear in mind you don't have to quote price okay so that's the other thing you can you can you can actually say we don't correct quote a figure on this property it's auction that's it so if you if you make that decision to not quote um, that is your, your prerogative you can change that during the campaign. it's not very consumer friendly is it Look, Tom, I don't, I don't know. I, I take a view that, that it's a bit of a balance on, on a lot of properties. And the 10 percent range, for example, you take that to Double Bay, you can't apply it. You yeah. Know? You have to apply it, but in reality, you you can't apply it. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm a value. I can't tell the difference between a 15, 20, or 25 million. million
0: well, dollar No, well, that's a good point. If you're talking, if you're talking uh, 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 four million, um, you can't say. Uh, four to four to four to four point five would be breaking the law yeah
1: and i, I would imagine most four million, well, four million plus sales that we've done yeah mostly quoted four to five yeah because if that's where we think it sits it's some if it fits somewhere in there now we can't do that we have to take a call yeah on where that ten percent falls and then make the call as we're going along now i think in in a lot of those cases there's no price quote you know it's simply a matter of saying we're going to auction we're doing a traditional method of auction sale and then we'll guide you along the way from from there
0: from John for that
1: property the one that's the
0: one that you have put on the agency agreement uh, 4 million to 4.4 which is within the 10% range yep. you're saying the law says you can actually quote four million correct right yeah okay I've got to tell you when we started this conversation I did get a little bit nervous, because I just worry about the application. How do you keep records of every price representation or discussion that you have? I mean, have you thought that through? Absolutely. right? (laughs) i thought
1: everything through, mate, I can tell you. Um, The open homes, and it's in the guidelines, we fought for this one really strongly, um, that uh, whether you're doing an iPad or whether you're doing HomePass or whether you're doing a um, a handwritten thing, um, you will have a record of that representation that day. So yeah. at the top of your records, price representation today is 1 to 1.1. Yeah. That applies to everyone in that open home list. Where it gets problematic is the phone calls, the ones in the car. The emails are simple. There's a record uh, in terms yeah. of reply on that. But it's a discipline thing. And, and, you know, when you're sitting down at the office and you're taking calls and you've got your salary open, you're just going to enter it in there. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be hard. Yeah. When you're on a in, in a car, right? You finish that call. You do a voice memo yeah. to yourself. Yeah. I spoke to Joe Blogs. Told him one point one at six forty-five p.m. on Tuesday. Yeah. And then you transpose that into your CRM. That's what I mean about the silver lining, where you can actually get great records kept and not lose track of people.
0: Well, John, I think the reality is if you're working through a set process of these new uh, guidelines and you pretty much know that your standard uh, operation method is that you're going to be quoting that range, it won't be hard it to just transfer hard. that information every time because Correct. you're not coming up with 700 different combinations of numbers, it's pretty much no, the same thing all same the time.
1: One. Yeah, exactly, Tom, and I think that's that's the plus of it all. You know, I've, I've, I know a lot of very, very good agents right. uh, who've already put in play their uh, policies and procedures on this. It's yeah. locked in stone, and done. And, um, the team's trained on it. We had a tra- I did a training session on, with my team in, in early December to yeah. go through how are we actually going to do this, and how yeah. is it going to apply? Change our policies and procedures. And that's another important thing to do. Um, th- there's a big question mark on what, con- what constitutes an offer. You know, it'll change from agent to agent, it'll change from consumer to consumer. So in our policies and procedures manual, we have what we believe is a genuine offer. In what form does that take? Because that's a consideration in the evidence that you require to back up any issues that you may have. So for example, I submitted an offer on a property and the agent rejected it um, and they didn't change their price guide. Uh, so what was the offer it was a verbal offer or it was a text offer not backed up by a contract not backed up by terms and conditions or anything of that nature someone could make an offer with a 10 year settlement you know yeah it's it's not an offer so document what and again because you'll keep good records because you'll have policies and procedures you'll follow because you are a professional agent it'll change i think it's it's potentially going to be one of those dragging kicking and screaming moments for the industry to say okay now we just have to up the ante and and become more professional in everything we do and look you know there's a lot of agents that, that we know yeah. that are at that level already you know yeah. they're really at that level they're, they've got everything nailed to that nature and they've probably got all this nailed already but i think it's important now for the industry to come along that yeah
0: journey. and we're going to talk we're going to move on to that uh quickly one question and you tell me if this is allowed within the laws so you look at a property And you believe that it's worth 1 to 1.1. But like all owners, and all owners think their home's a little bit better. They're hoping a little bit better. And um, they sit there and they say, listen, we're hoping, you know, to get maybe 1.2. And you sit there as an agent and provide them the evidence in a, a, a clear approach and say, well, this is where it's at but I'm gonna try as much as I can for you. You put on the agency agreement one to 1.1, 1. 1. Um, you can quote one to 1.1, is that correct? Correct, yeah. Okay, so it's having this skillful ability to let the owners know your job is to sell their home for the best price and that you're gonna go through A process to do that but at the same time provide them enough evidence to let them know that even though they're hoping to get that it seems to fall in this range yep and good real estate agents don't seem to get caught up on that price discussion because they know that there's not enough evidence in those um, I mean, there's, there, there, there is evidence there, but not the evidence that you get after 60 or 70 buyers Correct. that look at a property, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and really good real estate agents have the ability to tell them that, you know, you got 95% of the, the, the picture here or 80% of the picture here, but the reality is that we're gonna get a, a super clear picture on your house by the day of auction.
1: Yeah, and I think it's in, most of that's in the pre-frame, obviously, in, in, yeah. in terms of how you, you're communicating with your seller, and, and how you're pitching the price to them and so, say, look, you know, I've got to provide you, and this is another important thing, and, and an important preframe for the seller is this is called a reasonable yeah. estimate of selling price. Yeah. Right? Reasonable being the important word here. Yeah. So the preframe from the seller is pretty clear. Yeah. Um, and you're providing the evidence, like a valuer, and I use the analogy of uh, I'm a, if I was a bank valuer, for example, I'd be coming up and valuing your property at probably a million. Yeah. Most of the market is probably going to consider it about a million fifty. Yeah. Premium end of the market, that possibility value could be around 1.1, might be above, but that's yeah. the range that we consider to be a reasonable yeah. estimate of selling price. Yeah. Now, as you go along the campaign, and as you use your skills and enhance that value of the property, whether it be through your, your marketing techniques, your styling, your dialogues, your database, you know, all yeah. those bits, you bring all the elements of your of your key strategies together. And that's when magic happens. And that can happen in no matter what the market conditions are. So a vendor or seller has to understand and the, it's up to the agent to go through that whole education process of how this works. Yeah. This is how it works. This is how we get to where we need to be. And I understand where you want to be. I must, under law, yeah. provide you with a reasonable estimate of selling price. And I think that, in itself, pretty yeah. much sums up what you okay. need Okay. So, uh, John,
0: a lot of, a lot of the industry have, have have trained, educated, conditioned, call the word what you want, conditioned buyers, pre-framed them over the years that um, they may be able to buy a property for lower. Not every agent, some agents. And some of the consumers are, are, are used to that. How long do you think it's gonna take for consumers in 2016 to realize these are the new laws. When they say one to one one, they mean one to one, one.
1: I don't think it'll take long at all. I think the the adaptability of the of the consumer to good information and I think Office of Fair Trading will be putting out a fair bit of information. There will be a, an extensive advertising campaign through January. And I think it's also up to us, the industry, the Institute's gonna be doing that as well, providing our members with information to provide consumers with. There will be good guidelines, guidebooks for uh, for consumers to understand that, both for sellers, yeah. buyers and agents. So an education program to say, hey, this is the new world. This is the brave new world we're entering into. Yeah. And I think it is the fact that we're in the information age We are no longer the keepers of information. We are the people who disseminate information very effectively to help people make good decisions. So we are, again, trusted advisors guiding people on a journey. To guide people on a good journey, you've got to give them good information to make good decisions. And I think that's the shift in, in terms of going from the agents of the past to the agents of the future. For our relevance and for our, um, you know, to avoid that disruptor concept, yeah, we've got to pro- we've got to provide better value, and we have got to provide better value through our services and our skills. And part of that is great, well-educated consumers, both well, sellers and buyers.
0: You, John, you said to me off camera that you felt excited about this because it meant that, in some way, form or another, it was forcing the real estate industry. To really look after the consumer, and looking after the consumer ultimately is what looks after your business.
1: Yeah, it's exactly right. There's a, there's a great quote that, um, you know, in terms of avoiding disruption and and, and avoid a, and moving and progressing, we've got to stop looking at what's right for the business. Yeah. And move to looking what's right for the consumer. When you have that mindset, yeah, you look after the business. It's it's the classic reciprocity, type, yeah, type arrangement. So, yeah, you know, I think that thinking has to shift. And It was interesting, you know, you were at the summit with me, where you know we had a hundred people from uh, across Australia and New South Wales, and, and a lot of very interesting thought leaders there and industry partners. But we still had some old thinking. Yeah. And you're going to get that in a room of a hundred people. Yeah. But I felt felt that probably 80% of it was progressive thinking, and 20% was was old thinking. Yeah. And, and I and I, I believe that we're probably in our industry about 50-50 at the moment. I might be wrong. I'd hope it was the 80-20. Yeah. But I think there's still a long way for us to go to get that mindset. Um, of actually that whole nurturing, caring, helping the consumer make good decisions?
0: Yeah, well I think uh, the legislation, John, of having uh, a transparent number across all stakeholders, an agent, a buyer and a seller, is in tune with the uh, new connection economy. The new connection economy, I mean, there are no more blind dates in real estate. Everyone knows much about you they probably know more about an agent than you know about them they know more and more about values than any other time because the companies that provide data now have that data published um on email alerts and on sunday press so we've got consumers that are so educated so in many ways um, if this is just another bridge to build trust between a buyer and a seller and a real estate agent i think the trusted advisor term is not far off
1: exactly I mean you got to look back at why this has happened why, why have we got this legislation because we let buyers down we've been doing it for too long there yeah. has not been a trust look at where we sit we sit down there with politicians and use car salesmen. it's not a good place to be it's not yeah. you know you, you, I look at the clients that we deal with in our business and and the and the feedback we get from the reviews and so on it's like well if that's the way we're seeing we should be classed as professionals unfortunately the majority of the consumers don't see us that way uh, it's, it's, a, it's an unfortunate situation. Yeah. I think it's changing. I think I've seen significant shifts in the last five years in the professionalism and standards of performance of agencies. Um, but it's a new it's the new world, as you say. It's a, it's a different world to what it was, uh, and it's a transparent world. So I think people have got to make a decision now whether they're running transparent businesses yeah. um, or, they're, or they're living in the past.
0: Okay. John, thank you so much. You've got a, a big year ahead, uh, your first term as a... Uh, President of the Real Estate Institute and uh, also will continue running uh, Cunningham's on the Northern Beaches auctioning real estate Um, so uh, I think that we're in good hands in New South Wales with having someone that uh, is passionate about real estate is passionate about auctions and has worked very hard to get to an outcome that might not be the dream outcome but you believe it's an outcome that we can work with well within
1: absolutely I think it's it's the start yeah. Um, in, my, in my term, it's going to be an interesting time. Probably the biggest reforms that we've seen in the industry for 20 years are coming in terms of the education standards and the entry level and the ongoing training. Uh, and I firmly believe in that. I think that's all essential. I think we've taken it um, out, what we do not serious enough. You yeah. know, I think we are blessed in this industry. Uh, with what we have, we have unlimited opportunities, yeah. uh, and I just don't take, think we take it seriously, I don't think we educate ourselves sufficiently, and it's, it's people like yourself and the sheer goals of the world that are actually lifting that bar now, to yeah. say, okay, let's, and, and it, it started with John McGrath and, and Eric, and, and saying, okay, let's let's all perform at a higher level, but when you start to look at the numbers of people who actually go to the high level training, yeah. it's still pretty low yeah. across the whole industry, so if we have to bring in um, the certificate of registration course and raise that bar, bring up the licensing bar to a higher level and bring up the ongoing training to a higher level. I think everyone's going to benefit from that.
0: Absolutely, Johnny. Good to see you. Thanks, Thanks so mate. much.
1: Thank you. Awesome.
0: They're the new laws for auctions in New South Wales. I'd love to work with you on the Real Estate Gym. If you go to realestategym.com.au, let me coach you in 2016.